This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. Video game streaming has become one of the fastest growing professions in the world. With the rise of platforms like Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and several other outlets, more and more people are making the switch from a 9 to 5 to full-time gamer. And that's exactly what our guest today did. Michael Reynolds, aka The Fierce Diva, is a South Charleston native who turned gaming into his full-time job. Reynolds actually partnered with Facebook Gaming and has become a key leader inside of that community. And with great power comes great responsibility, as someone famous once said during the history of mankind. I know that they weren't talking about video games, but the saying still holds true, because with tens of thousands of followers, Michael can use his platform to create tangible change. He's using it to fight things like mental health stigma and food insecurity in his own home state of West Virginia. And through his partnership with Facebook, also known as Meta now, he's been able to do some really cool things, like actually meet Mark Zuckerberg in the early version of the Metaverse. Yeah, so stick around, it's a high energy episode. Let's get to it. Mace, hit the music. shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Mountaineer Media Podcast. CJ Harvey here, Cooper Zimmerman with me morning. as always. Coop, morning, morning. what's going on? Yep. And then our guest today, Michael Reynolds, aka the Fierce Diva. That's a that's a kick-ass name when you kind of break it down. That's a it's pretty sweet. Um, you're a professional streamer. You can find him on Facebook as the Fierce Diva. Very entertaining, very funny. Maybe we can even start with before we get into the how you became a streamer, the Fierce Diva name. Uh, certainly that has become your brand. Maybe yeah. you can even explain how that came about and you know where you grew up and kind of tie it all into to who who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because people love asking that. They they anticipate like my answer to be something like just out of this world. Fierce Steve, <laughs> how do you come up with that? And really, it's like very simple. So in high school, in I was all over the place. So I was in gymnastics. I'll start cheering on stuff and. At the time, like the the fierce was just like I don't know why it was just such a descriptive word that like people loved in that universe. It, whatever you would say, that's fierce. That's fierce. You're not fierce enough. Whatever, right? Like just silly high school stuff. And um, then Beyonce uh, had come out with that diva song, and people would call me Beyonce, and I'd start dancing, and it just kind of <laughs> like turned into this. I don't know. It, it, it and it's just stuck my whole life. So here we are, the Fierce Diva. But um, diving in a little bit about like where I'm from and all that stuff. So born and raised in Charleston, West Virginia, more specifically South Charleston. Uh, graduated in 07, showing my age, definitely. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I kind of like, I wanted to do so many different things, never could figure out what um, 
really fit me, like where my niche was, where I fit in, what I thought that I was going to be strong um, at or whatever. So I, I found myself pursuing a lot of different professional avenues. And then when I said I found that I couldn't get into the industry that I had studied in graduate school, um, I had to come back home and just kind of got kind of whatever jobs I can get in the meantime. And then streaming kind of happened, uh, you know, speaking with a few people about that and start taking it a little seriously pulled the plug, not really pulled the plug, but um, pulled the plug on a few other endeavors that I was working on so I could take this a little more seriously. And then it just kind of blew up and it's just kind of taken the whole, you know, this, this whole life of its own. And here we are today. It's hard to even like imagine telling someone like 50 years ago, like, yeah, my job's a streamer. Like, uh, what the hell I think, is that? I, 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 think I can't hear you. I'm so sorry. Oh, my bad. No, I can. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's odd. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I was laughing saying, what if, uh, yeah, imagine 50 years ago telling somebody that you were a streamer. It's like, what in the hell is a streamer? It's not even like, in the dictionary. Right? Like, um, <laughs> it's not even a word you'd use. <laughs> but what, what, now tell me what platform, because I know that means a lot of things to different people with, I mean, I think everybody, the greater public is now maybe just getting introduced to like Web3, crypto, streaming, online games. Like maybe some people are new to it. Seems like you've had somewhat of an interest in it. Like, did you start on any given platform and kind of take off from there? Or what like where'd you go first when you kind of fell into that yeah so huh, I, and i love how you're using all these like technical terms because i'm so techno technologically stunted like i need help with every single thing that's why i still haven't set up a dual pc like um system here because i'm too terrified of not being able to um, to operate correctly but anyway um i <laughs> when i first i knew that I knew that I had an interest in streaming and what made me wait so long to kind of pull the trigger on it was I was afraid to be vulnerable in front of everybody. And what I mean by that is that like, I am a relatively confident person and people see me as a very confident person and to put myself out there in that space that like my success or my failure was like just it's recorded, you know, it's live for anyone to see for sure. It was such a, it was like really hard to wrap my head around that and, and put myself out there in that way. And however, so like in the beginning, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like do like a little test stream to see what it's like. And I like tested it on Twitch just to see, I think I did like two hour long streams there. I told like just a couple friends about it that I would play Fortnite with. And, but I knew that if I was going to take this seriously, that Facebook gaming is where I wanted to go because Facebook, 2.2 billion users. I mean, it's it's in the math. Like, it's just kind of plain science it's for one me. One third of the world, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So to know that I had that kind of reach, but, and also, like, with my personality, I I, I wanted to, I, I'm a, I, I like to think that I'm a good communicator in person. So I wanted to be able to, like, um, utilize those, that skill set and try to bring in people that, don't normally watch video gaming streaming content. And that's a lot harder to do on a platform that these people would obviously not find themselves, you know, finding or even knowing about. But on Facebook, knowing that I had that reach to bring in new audiences and kind of build that brand that way was really alluring to me. So, you know, I decided that Facebook gaming for many reasons was going to be my home for uh, my content. Do you remember the the first time that you turned on the red the red record button, you know, it was it on Twitch. Is that what you were saying? Cause well, yeah, I don't really count Twitch like it. Cause it was just, honestly, it was like, we're, we're my friends. Now we'll be playing Fortnite. And I was like, I'm just going to go live. Just fuck it. Like just, I'm just going to try it. 
Sorry. Am I allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been so good. My audiences will be like, whoa, how is he not cursed yet? The first thing out of my mouth was something. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I would just kind of go live just on, you know, drop of a dime just to do it and see and kind of see what the response would be. So I don't really count that. um, But I do remember on Facebook, like it was a big deal for me. And I had told a lot of my friends and a lot of them had come by and showed support. Uh, But it's funny thinking back because you kind of go through this like evolution as a streamer or anyone. I'm sure you all have, too. Um, with kind of getting comfortable with yourself, with your voice on here and, mm-hmm. you know, how you communicate with people, all those things that you kind of go through as a content creator. For sure. And looking back, I just remember, like, it, it's bizarre looking back. But, yeah, it's a humbling experience thinking back on that first recorded moment. Do you find, like, because I think some of the pushback, or not pushback, but everyone, like, every generation, I think, goes through this. It's like, oh, the kids are, like, Elvis Presley's hips on that. They like video games and, like, this and that. Like, every, like, generation is fearful sure. that the, the youth is doing something, like, maybe they shouldn't be doing or overexposed. When you're on these platforms and you're interacting with people, do, are you finding these relationships equally as riching as real life relationships? Are they different? Are they better? Are there you meet people that you would have never met in real life, like or maybe from like a different like friend group or demographic or person, age, sex, religion? Like, how mm-hmm. has that kind of been like navigating a world where everybody is together, but we're all separate? But it's all it's like a new mix of of interpersonal kind of communication, if you will. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Someone's not, no one's really asked me that, but I've spoken about those things live before, or actually ironically um, to some of my moderators yesterday, but um, that is a a difficult question to navigate because it's like, I, I feel, I feel like there are so many answers to that because it's like, well, yeah, it's like, these these um, relationships are very authentic, but and then you have a but, and it's like, well, then you have another but. Yeah. But, uh, I, overall, I think that I think that the relationships that I've I've built the with the supporters that are um, consistent, those relationships um, are very authentic, and I think that they are representative of the kind of relationships that I would have in real life. Like there are some followers that have become supporters and they have my telephone number and I talk to them on the phone, you know? So I, I think that th- this space, while it is new and it is a new and emerging form of content, I mean, not content, but entertainment, I think that it is built around that personal, the personal relationship that you cultivate amongst your community members. So I think that the potential for those relationships to be very authentic and genuine is, is, is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Cooper, breaking news. Mr. B was named the best West Virginia-made food product. I know you, big potato chip guy. So this was like, uh, this this certainly was something that you were paying attention to. Does not surprise me one bit. Mr. B chips is the only chip that I actually consume. So it's a delicious chip and I <laughs> oh, will- Oh, no way. I, I was no, voted. There's no way that that's the only potato chip that it you- It is. I'm a loyal <laughs> fan of Mr. B because of the incredible entrepreneurship, philanthropy efforts from Marianne Kettleson, the CEO of Mr. B chips. And it's a, look, she makes an incredible chip. Why not make it exclusive to my diet to have uh, Mr. B chips? 
you know what though i can picture you sitting down at a restaurant and like the sandwich comes out and then they're like do you like chips or fries and you're like pass i've got my own and then you just bust open potato chips and just use that instead but it is pretty incredible they've got all these different flavors original sour cream and onion barbecue honey barbecue dip style cheddar sour cream jalapeno salt and vinegar they even get the potato stick style like the thin little potato chip styles do you have like a favorite that you go to i would say barbecue honey barbecue but uh what what about you do you have a favorite barbecue is a staple definitely but you can't really miss with the original if you're at a barbecue if you're at a cookout if you're playing golf i will throw those in my bag uh they're guaranteed to be people's uh, favorite little chip little uh snack that they have so i'm more of a classics i like to play the classics barbecue and original yeah I, I like i i really cannot just get into like the all the other little flavors like i, I don't know like jalapeno man i, I don't know I'm, I'm still working my taste buds but mr b definitely a great product so i you know we'll it, i'll be willing to give it a try i guess mrb.com marion kettleson she's an incredible lady they make the mountaineer media podcast possible thank you to them support them they're a west virginia company and go to mrb.com and show your love to them as well yeah, excuse me, I'll, I'll ask a question. I, I just had a, a spur of a thought, man, because you made me think about something like, yeah, like how it is extremely authentic and real, because think about it. Like if I, people that listen to me on this podcast right now, right, they hear me maybe once a week. If you follow our Instagram, you see me every goddamn day coming mm-hmm. on there. You're seeing my face, you're hearing my thoughts. And God forbid, if you follow me on LinkedIn, all the other platforms that I'm on. So that's a real, you're getting a, a ton of who Cooper is, my values, my morals, my ethics, all this type of stuff. Now that, and that's a relationship that I have with maybe somebody that I don't even necessarily know because if it's one of 300 people or something watching, but they're seeing me very intimately every single day and getting some dose of my communication and all that. Now think about, okay, is that more of a relationship than say my uncle who immediately you think, oh, well, of course it's your uncle. You That, you, that uncle knows you a lot better. Well, I see him once every six months and we talk at it like an hour and a half family mm-hmm. get together and we talk about like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like not to like, like, you know, like shit on our relationship, but it's just like, that's how family <laughs> structures are, right? You see mm-hmm. your extended family once a month. It's just like, there's Cooper. Now one could say, it's like, well, which one is a more dynamic ongoing relationship when they know more about each other? Is it the first one? You, there'd be a strong argument to say that that person that might live in Boise, Idaho knows a hell of a lot more about me and maybe aligns with what I think than somebody even as close as me as my uncle, who I even hold in high regard and consider very close to and someone I, you know, I love dearly. So I, th- I just, it's fascinating to me, like as these online kind of communities and relationships evolve that like immediately our thought is like, well, they're not real, but it's like, well, wait a second. They actually might be more mm-hmm. like ongoing and frequent than other relationships. In your yes, life. precisely. And I, the the word that I'm like that stuck out is evolved because it's definitely evolving. Um, and I, I think that it is important because, yeah, I want to be an ambassador of this type of entertainment and I love it and I absolutely believe in it. And I'm in conversations to try and, you know, usher in a more like positive and welcoming, inclusive culture with the platform and things of that nature. However, it is still very important to note that these relationships still are different. I think it takes a lot more time for those relationships to be, you know, authentic, like the ones that you had talked about, you know, with family members and things of that nature, because 
there's something about like all the communication is very it's two-dimensional right like Mm -hmm. it's through a zoom call if you will right like and the people that are speaking to me it's all through text unless we're playing a game together when i have like a supporter night but even still there's so many forms of communication that are removed from the space. Like I'm not seeing their facial reactions. I'm not seeing, you know, like the little like ticks here and there, like how sure. when after that say something, the impact, all that's removed. And I think that that absolutely affects the, um, the cultivation of the relationship that we built mm-hmm. together. However, not that it's a knock, it's just something that is definitely to be um, aware of in those senses right. too, because there are pitfalls with, with that as well. Yeah. Do you feel like you're ever living ultimate like separate lives like there's the michael the day-to-day and then there's the fierce diva when you go live i mean sometimes like up to eight hours in a day you might be communicating with that that core group that you would consider good friends digitally but do you feel like sometimes you're a different person when you're online than you are in real life or how what is there just a total blend between the two so that is a really good question i love that question actually um, I would say that the more time that I do this, um, the more that I evolve as a content creator, uh, the more comfortable I get with myself, with my audience, with my voice, all of that stuff. I think that it start it, it starts to blend. So in the beginning, as I was saying, you know, we're kind to we're kind of learning how we interface with our community, our content, ourselves in that situation. You know, I think that those lines are very distinct. Mm-hmm. But as you, you know, you start to evolve as Cooper said, I love that word, Cooper, I'm going to keep using it. That's my word of the day. As we evolve, I think that I start getting more comfortable with being myself and adding, you know, quirks of my personality into my content. And that builds even a more um, genuine community. For sure. So I think that like those lines start to be to kind of blur a bit. However, I think that the only time that I, that my life feels very like like there are lines that are distinct um, or when I have to put on different hats, like when I have to speak, you know, in a, a setting like this or a, a, like a more professional situation with an editor or an assistant, things of those nature. That's the only time that those lines feel a little more like, uh, okay, I'm in this role that yes, right. precisely. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that for you, it works, but there are definitely I mean, thousands of gamers out there that do put on, I mean, literally there are gamers that wear costumes, streamers that Mm -hmm. wear costumes. stream. So do you think that there is like, I don't know, for you, it's worked, I guess, but is there some like almost danger in doing that? Or like, if you try and put on a fake hat during the stream that it might affect your other life? Because I know that talking about mental health, you're big in mental health. I'm sure that there's like an aspect of that going into turning on a camera for four, six, eight hours a day that might yes. impact your personal like are you life? trying to escape something are you trying to be somebody like maybe that you're not yeah like i, I it could yeah. definitely uncover some deep stuff like it, it yeah <clears throat> i think that folks like that it, that's a hard that, that's a hard subject what to, works, to touch works. upon Ultimately. yeah what works works now it a, a lot of things are kind of um at play there you know like if someone's going to dress up i wonder because like with me i have obligations i have to stream a certain amount of hours so when i'm streaming these longer sessions it, it's really hard to to force something that isn't genuine yeah all the time all the time like over 100 hours in a month of just live content only so i think that over that amount of time it's impossible or it's damn near impossible for your authentic self to not um, be showcased at some point. 
if not the majority of it. It's just a very difficult thing, especially when you're speaking, you're communicating with people, you're seeing that to have to like be acting at that level that amount of time. I just, I, I find it to be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's- but I have respect for that because I do like having those boundaries. I had spoken to um, some of my earlier that I had stated earlier that um, I was saying, you know, you have to have a, a line and you have to create some type of distance when you're communicating with people on the web, like when you are, because some of them will add add friends on there. And in the beginning, I did the same thing too. But I think that like in this industry, you'll learn that when you get too close with folks before you fully understand who they are and they understand who you are, expectations come with that, things of that nature. So the point of what I'm saying with that, to tie that back in, is that having that distance as um, a personality rather than like your authentic self, I think could be beneficial because it it already create it, it like natively creates that distance, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that there are definitely some pros and advantages to do, to going that route. But when it comes to burnout and overworking yourself, overexerting yourself, I think that that's the pitfall to that lifestyle. Because when you have to act and you are not in the mood to act, and you can't, sure. you don't have that relationship with your audience to say like you know what? We're just chilling today because I am tired. I wore out. We're just chilling. It's going to yeah, be right. low energy. Like we're not going to be doing this crazy stuff that we hooping and hollering me jumping up here, doing splits in the background, all this crazy shit. Like I, we're just hanging out. Right. So like when you are a, a specific personality that you've created, that's kind of harder to navigate. Then you're, you're having to force against that all the time. And that's yeah. difficult. Like yeah. the fans like want that, yeah, or like they're expecting yeah. this. Or it's like much easier mm-hmm. to be yourself. Ideally, well, you, you can yeah, be yourself. For sure. Like, it's a weird time, man. Because I mean, you even think about like media in, the, in more of a traditional sense, like the, you know, crackpot Tucker Carlson, like on Fox News. <laughs> um, just folks like that are just like completely, you know, they're a caricature. Like, you know, like you know, mm-hmm. and even like they would never admit it. But like some like news personalities that like in our media culture, like like it's almost like we all understand that that's almost theatrics, right? Yeah. Or we almost <clears throat> understand that that's like a like a, a bit almost, if you will. A so it's game. like mm-hmm. right. So it's like it's interesting now as like as like we're used to that media from like national news, like or personalities or shows. But now it's becoming like each one of us are almost like facing these decisions. Like who am I when the camera is on like am i myself or am i this version of myself that i kind of am projecting for the for the viewers like in that i think we've maybe we're just now like getting we're just now starting that process Mm -hmm. as a culture because i mean where's it going to go it's only going to go more like we're only going to be probably more uh you know connected more digital more available more accessible which you know has pros and cons i'm sure but I think that that conversation with yourself definitely, um, you know, everyone has, I guess, have to have that. Now, you, you know, did Wait, you Cooper, ever? I'm sorry, I have to cut you off because Please. you, I just love you already. My goodness. So you are bringing up things that um, I've actually been thinking about. So I think right now with what you're saying about like these um, characters in the news and the media and all that stuff, I've been obsessing with this idea that I feel like due to the digital revolution, technological advancements, I think that um, our base level of education, not just traditional education, but interpersonal education, real life education through the travel of, like through these technological um, achievements, like putting on the Oculus and you can now go to Egypt and see what it's like there and interact with the culture there and all that stuff. I think due to this, um, I don't know, like new revolution, 
that like it's it's increasing the base level of education across the world. And what I'm thinking and what I'm seeing is now that people are starting to become more interested in forms of entertainment like these, what what I think the trend that kind of or not trend, but the piece that brings it all together is authenticity. People are no longer looking for that stereotypical like newsroom, you know, form of content where it's like it, it, that is not real. You don't right. you don't walk outside and see people interacting like that. You you want like a very realistic, a pragmatic and authentic approach to the things that you're consuming now. So I don't know, I yeah. just wanted to like, I really liked what you had to say. I feel like it kind of tied into that. CJ, if you were gonna look for a job in West Virginia, what website would you go to? Um, I ca- I've got a guess. Are you gonna tell me what website I should go to? If I was looking for a job, CJ, you know what I would do? I would go to beamountaineer.com. That's beamountaineer.com. And at that website, CJ, you're going to find Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Why don't you tell our listeners about Mountaineer Employment Solutions? I was going to say beamountaineer.com. That was my answer, Cooper, to answer your first question. That was going to be my answer. But yeah, there's no doubt. Mountaineer Employment Solutions, if you are looking for a job in the state of West Virginia, that has got to be your first and only stop. It probably will be your only stop if it's your first stop because these guys are the premier talent acquisition and staffing leader in the state of West Virginia. They serve businesses and job seekers across the state and beyond from their offices in Charleston and Morgantown. So if you're looking for a job, they can hook you up. If you are looking, if you're a business and you need some extra employees, they can help you out with staffing as well. So dude, it's a one-stop shop. If you need help or if you're looking for a job, boom, beamountaineer.com. Go to those guys, Cooper. Tying back to even just like the news industry, it's like, careful guys, no friendly fire now. We all know what oh, yeah. I do too. So, yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, ask yourself, CJ, are you, do you feel like when you're on camera, like, like, have you found that balance of like, I am CJ, the sports reporter, like, and this is what my viewership wants me to be, or is it like what CJ wants to deliver about sports? Like, how have you tried to find that balance with your own career? I mean, well, like, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's ultimately, you, you do find the balance, but they do ultimately bleed into the normal life. I, I almost felt like I was CJ in front of a camera for a while. And then it just kind of becomes one in the same. It's like, you're not as nervous to step in front of a camera. So when that nervousness kind of disappears, that is just who you are now. You're not right. afraid to step in front of a camera, not knowing who's watching, how many people are watching. So I ultimately think the camera reshapes your personal life, not so much the other way around, but then when that does happen, you just it does just normalize itself. No, I don't feel like I have to become a, a character right. in front of the camera. Do I have to bring a little more energy than maybe I would in certain other social situations? For sure. But I do feel like after doing what I've been doing for sports reporting for five years now, the second that I step in front of the camera, I know how to be fun, goofy, professional all at yeah. the same time and kind of blend all of that without going overboard, without being goofy or coming off right. as comical or fake or, mm-hmm. you know, I think the one misconception about being in front of the camera, especially in the news industry is that you're supposed to just stick to the facts. Well, you can have personality while also sticking to the facts. There is a difference between working for Fox news, MSNBC and CNN. I understand that there are times where you can clearly see somebody spitting this bullshit at you mm-hmm. narrating you know and spinning facts to make it look good for one side but at the end of the day you can infuse your personal personality into the facts and still make it 
not awkward for people to watch. Of course. Well, you can kind of do that with, with anything. Right. And honestly, I think that every industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, with what you're saying now, because, and and no disrespect to the news agencies, of course, but um, I, I, I wonder if there is like an evolution Thank you, Cooper. <laughs> that is that is occurring right now too. Because could you do the same things that you do now, CJ, in the '80s in the newsroom? You know, like I I wonder, and and I am completely ignorant to that you know that profession. But I would assume that with the rise of podcasts, with the rise of sh- live streaming and things of that nature, that there is going to be a little bit of evolution um, to kind of match those interests from you know mm-hmm. those, those different types of entertainment for outlets. sure. I will say just we don't have to talk about the news this entire time. Oh, no, it was interesting. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. No, no, but the one thing I will say that I've noticed more about the media industry, and I'm not quite sure what it means for the future. Everybody can have their own opinion, but it is getting younger and younger by the day where TV Mm. in particular is not garnering as much money as it used to 20, 30 years ago, where the digital streaming age is overtaking this there isn't enough money to pay these veterans that what they probably deserve to get paid so everybody that's coming fresh out of college it used to be unheard of to graduate out of college and jump in a top 100 market that was always the big thing if you could get out Mm -hmm. of school and get in a top 100 tv market all of a sudden you were like whoa this guy's got a bright bright future now all of a sudden it's like it's it's reversal it's like oh you didn't get in a 100 top 100 market it's it's a little different i mean they're you know they're they're Almost kids reporting the news now, 21, 22 year olds telling you what you need to know, the most important information about your community. And then you really stop and think like, okay, how do you really even know what's the most important thing in the community Mm -hmm. right now? So it really begs the question, (laughs) which ways, you know, it's the same for the paper and radio and television in particular and streaming too, where everybody has a microphone. Is Mm -hmm. it going in this direction where, how, how can you even really interpret what they're telling you when there might that that person is just too young and evergreen to really know all of the facts you yeah. know what i'm saying so, i love it i love that because i think crazy, there's a tie into you to love like it what but I it's do. it's it well makes everybody no. jump a little harder when you're in that side of the the business no i i love i, I love the, the discussion because it, it's very important and i think that it's it's very translatable across the streaming well a, a piece of it is because that is a thing. Everybody does have a microphone. And when folks get successful, you know, some of the things that they are willing to speak about may not be the most responsible things or some, they may use their influence for the wrong things. Yes. So there are definitely yes. things to be aware of, of course. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I find that to be interesting because I, I, there, there seem to be like a lot of parallels between industries, honestly, but it's a form of entertainment. Yeah, no, it is. And I think that it, it's bleeding into the TV industry now, too. Mm-hmm. And same for newspapers. It is this glamour. If you can be on TV and have 100,000 followers on Instagram, all of a sudden you've become a brand and a personality. Now, brand and personality are important for personal success. But when it starts bleeding into, OK, if you're supposed to be on TV telling me the facts, but you're just wanting to look good or say something <laughs> funny that's going to get a lot of retweets. This is not for one side or the other, either gender. This is male and female. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're just going on TV to look good or say something funny that, you know, is going to get headlines and catchy, you know, likes and tweets and shit like that, then you're, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So we've kind of gone, gone off track here. I just going back, ultimately being genuine at the end of the day is the most important thing. Don't be mm-hmm. this fake version of yourself for Instagram, but you're also on TV or you're a famous streamer being genuine and 
being you 24 seven, I think is the easiest and the best thing that anybody can do. Unfortunately, it seems to be getting less and less common that that's the case. I hope that we start seeing a trend going the other direction where more and more people are just trying to be themselves, not somebody else. Yeah. You and me both, honestly, I, I agree with that. And I, I see, I, I think that I'm seeing that happen in the streaming world. I think like the evolution, <laughs> as we start to see, like in the beginning, you, you look at um, this is like a little bit of a TV show and you have to put on your best performance. So as a performer, you know, you start thinking of like uh, these characters that you can um, that you can become while on stream and things of that nature. But as it started to evolve and we see the power of that, that we have as influencers to, to develop communities there, I think that our um, motivations change too. At least I know that mine do. Yeah. So then it's like you, that authenticity becomes way more important. Yeah. And also because like, what, what is it about? Like, I think with, with Instagram, you know, that these uh, influencers and celebrities, they want to show always the good, 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 good. Oh, look at me. Look at this car I just got. Exactly. Look at the house I just got. Look at this meal that I'm having. Look where I'm at right now. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. My life is absolutely perfect. But it's so far from reality. That's not reality at all. And we see the effect that it has on our youth and just anyone, any and everyone, a regular person out here, because I'm constantly saying, okay, well, how is that person's life so great and mine is so shitty? I have to yep. deal with severe highs and lows. So I think that that's another thing that, well, I not think, but it's another thing that is always in my the back of my mind is that when I have a shitty day, I'm going to tell my audience I had a shitty day. And of course, I'm going to be um, conscious of that. And, and I'm going to deliver that tactfully. I was going to like say, whoa, pity me. But yeah, like I just had a shitty day, guys, you know? And, and talk with them like you, this person cut me off and that was the start of my day. Then I get a call about this and this goes on. Nah, nah, nah. Does anybody else just have those days where it just feels like everything just kind of goes wrong? You know what I mean? Delivering mm -hmm. it tactfully. So it's like, okay, now everyone can, can relate with this. And it's like, it's not all freaking unicorn sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Well, speaking, I mean, speaking of like relatability, authenticity is also like representation. Like I think if anything, uh, I'm bullish about technology is that it's allowed, it's, it's decentralized, it's de, you know, it's removed gatekeepers, if you will, of who we see in faces, right? I mean, like mm -hmm. we can all laugh about things. Like we look in like history books, like every nat like famous figure is like somehow white. When I say, wait a second, that's not true. Like Jesus, like, I mean, everybody from like Jesus yeah. to Cleopatra <laughs> to all these like, you know, Pocahontas, like everything is like whitewashed historically. Now I think it's much more obviously difficult. I think our culture is woken up technology. We have more act. We know it's like, Oh, wait a second. That person was not this, or that person was not this culture or this religion. Mm -hmm. How have you like embraced that? Enjoyed that this month being black history month? Like how, like how much of that kind of stuff do you think about as you just communicate, build out who you want to be and, and as much as you want to share with the world and that sort of thing? Like, is that, is that factor in at all with like how you operate? I mean, it, uh, that's a, Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, it's like those things are definitely in the back of my mind, you know, and, and I am a part of Facebook gaming's black gaming creator program. So I definitely think about those things and think about how I can be a better, um, influence within that space and creating more diversity and at least like having those conversations that lead to that. But, um, I don't know that I think about it in terms of my content, like on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, however, I do bring a lot of like um, a lot of comedy 
throughout like my uh, experience with, you know, my blackness. So with where I grew up with and things of that nature so that people are like, what? Like that's a thing or something that people like just have not experienced with and interacted with and things like that. And then I want to make sure also because as a black content creator, you don't see a lot of people, you know, like yourself out here. So when kind of navigating around the platform, I want to make sure when I see another black creator, I'm going by there and just like gassing them up and showing love to them and just show, you know what, showing that camaraderie. Cause I think that's really important because it can feel very lonely out here when you don't have people that look like you and the audiences don't look like you either. Um, So yeah, I, I think I try to keep my, I try to be conscious of that, those things more than like, how I am as a black uh, gaming creator, if that, is, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and you all th- think about the kids maybe that are, they're looking at you and seeing you and you kind of in their mind become a role model. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. like if I'm, if I'm doing my thing, I'm like, it might even be unbeknownst to you that you're inspiring, you know, a little kid to chase their dreams, no matter, no matter what it is. Right. If they can say, okay, it's like, they almost resonate in seeing you maybe break barriers or, or different things that maybe it wasn't, they haven't saw themselves represented in an industry or something before I think it's it's cool to know that sometimes it can be like a lot of pressure. Like, well, I don't I don't know if I can be a role model to everybody or this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything, it, it's it's awesome to see that you know you're you're moving forward with it, um, or you're you're embracing it, I guess, to a degree, and talking about it with your audience. So they're kind of on that journey with you, right? They're discovering these things with you. All right, TJ, you just fired up the grill. You've got some chicken on there. You've got some burgers on there. What are you adding to add some extra flair? Oh, dude, I'm going with Ray's Rub 11 out of 10 times. Ray's Rub is a West Virginia all-purpose seasoning. You can throw it on chicken, steak, burgers, veggies, whatever you want. And they've got 21 mouth-watering herbs and spices. So KFC, get that, that secret blend of 11 herbs and spices out of here, dude. 21 herbs and spices packed in this great bottle of Ray's Rub. Cooper, where can people go get Ray's Rub? Two places, CJ. They can go to raiserub.com, get themselves free shipping. They can also go to Amazon and order it and be at your house in two days. It's a West Virginia all-purpose seasoning. It's delicious. We had Brody on the podcast. He's carrying on his father's legacy by promoting Raise Rub. It's great. Give it a try right now. What's the what's the deal? CJ told me a story about Mark Zuckerberg. So I mean, like how how formal of a thing? Like, do you think Facebook is really or Meta now, if you will? Like, are they truly really leaning into this like gaming and, and whatnot? And like, do you feel like it's heading the right directions? What's been some of like the the experiences almost being like pulled inside of Meta, if you will? Interesting. Well, so there there have not really been any. Um, any differences, you know, before Meta was announced um, and, you know, to now, it still feels the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Mark's very um, public recognition and support of Facebook gaming, it has definitely um, left a lot of creators feeling heard, validated and um, supported, you know. So I think that when the metaverse arrives, which, you know, pieces of it are already here, I think that it's going to rely on um, the gaming industry to kind of like push us forward in the right For way. Sure. So yeah. I, I think that it's going to be a great thing, but there, I, I just, I just don't know what it's going to look like to be able to give like any kind of like um, real judgment about where things are headed. It feels, oh, sure. it, it's so new 
And I'll tell you, whenever I was invited to um, introduce Horizon Workrooms, um, which I consider to be a part of uh, the metaverse, absolutely. It, it was an, an incredible experience. Put those Oculus on. I'm in the room with Mark Zuckerberg, um, Andrew Bosworth, who is, you know, was the, the leader of the AR VR team and now is over the creation of the metaverse, um, Max Holloway and a few others. It, it was so crazy, man. Like, it tracked my hands. I didn't have to have anything. Like I didn't have the paddles on or anything. It tracked my hands and I'm seeing them across the room. People are communicating to my right. I can hear it. It feels like I'm in that room with them. It's very eerie, That's man. Weird, yeah. It felt, it felt so real. It felt so real. So when we're having that, the, you know, when we're just communicating with one another, it, it felt like I was in that shared space, like the, the, the space of, um, virtual and physical it felt like they just kind of met in a really real way that was still eerie <laughs> yeah man if you think so, about what you said like when people just tech or like the text-based communication that cuts mm -hmm. out some of that stuff and maybe that's why people are more nasty to each other because i don't have to see your face when i call you an course. asshole right i can just mm -hmm. say oh this guy's an asshole and i can just tweet that out but if i'm like if i'm like seeing some sort of visual representation of you maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna be right i'm not gonna be so like maybe rough is like the right word but it's like you know it's like i'm not gonna uh, maybe I'm going to treat it hopefully more like a real person. Right. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, if anything that that's optimistic, that that's a thing that we can maybe look forward to. And I'm flat out excited. Like I'm a big golf guy. Like I could not imagine in, in 10 years, like if I'm able to be like, <laughs> literally like at the tournament like yeah. a foot away from tiger as he's making a putt like the sports experience of that is going to be unbelievable so mm -hmm. i think gaming and sports and entertainment is definitely going to push probably propel the industry and get everybody's first introduction into this world a couple of things i hope tiger is still playing in 10 years that might be oh, questionable he be. he's not yeah probably he not it'll be like old remastered clips right <laughs> old highlights he'll just be there but uh no kind of take us back to this like almost beta verse thing because they said it wasn't the metaverse beta verse interesting yeah, right. i like that. pass that on to zuckerberg yeah, for me okay and then uh but what what, what conversation do you even have because it's cool because i've seen the pictures of you all in this beta verse and they yeah. took some video and you were literally sitting right beside mark zuckerberg mm -hmm. at this round table it's you and mark and then everybody else yeah <laughs> but it, it was crazy it, yeah so okay so i'll back up a little bit before i get into that so um the first time that I had the pleasure of working with Mark was I had I had to tell a story because it was so surreal. So I had um, I had like a very busy day. I had said I want to take a nap before I got on to do my second stream of the day. So I had woken up and I woke up to an email from someone and they were asking for my number to call about um, an opportunity they wanted me to be involved in. And I checked the, cause like I get a lot of spam, a lot of people trying to fake to be representative of Facebook or whatever. And it was a valid uh, email address from Facebook. So mm -hmm. I was like, this is so, so strange because when they reach out to me, anyone on Facebook, we're always doing some type of like zoom or something. Um, and I would assume that's for safety reasons, of course. So it was just bizarre. I was like, what? And then I didn't have time to get the sleep out of my eyes. And I got another email from my partner manager, Courtney, who I adore. She is the reason why I've had these opportunities. Um, she was like, you need to text Drew back or call him now. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> she's never come at me like that before. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I'm like, get out of bed. I'm like going through. I, I email him back. I'm like, here's my number. I got a call in less than a minute. It was so out. Wow. So the comms director, Drew Simmons, who I adore now. Oh my God, I love him. He's so great. So great. I cannot stress the quality of employees they have there. Despite whatever it may be said about Facebook or whatever, I'm telling you, they have amazing people there. 
but um he so i get on the phone with drew and he's just telling me about that like there's going to be this new feature on facebook and it's going to be involved with a, a couple of streamers and some senior leadership does that sound something that i'd be comfortable with and i was like absolutely i like networking <laughs> anyone i can so yeah told him yes and he goes into this you know opportunity he's like well it's going to be audio rooms and he's telling me it's like kind of like a uh so to me how i interpret it was like a kind of like a clubhouse um like their, their response to clubhouse yeah and yeah so he was telling me the creators it was gonna be stone mountain which was insane like i had i had, I had the opportunity of networking with him before but um he is absolutely the leader of our platform he is the face of facebook gaming incredible opportunity to um have his acquaintance um queen eliminator who kind of became the face of the mixer um like the mixer partners that came over to facebook and then he's like well and then there's going to be some other folks um i think fiji Sima will be there andrew bosworth and mark will be there and he says it so casually i'm like mark who <laughs> <laughs> we're talking mark smith or we like talking mark mark smith. <laughs> he just casually glossed over it like I was just talking about Mark down the street, you know, yeah. buying a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> like Mark, who's Mark? Because <laughs> you know you ain't saying the last name, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. Mark? So he goes into he's like Mark, Mister Zuckerberg will be. I was like, ah. <laughs> so obviously you're. It's like it, it was. It was just so crazy. So anyway, I'm sorry. I take I take like so many side streets, but so I get in there and have the, this conversation with him and. I was so stressed about this first opportunity. I knew I had to be on my P's and Q's. And I'm telling you, that experience with him, Fiji Simo, oh, bless her. She's now the, she was the director of the Facebook app, and she's now the CEO of Instacart. Amazing speaker, amazing presence. Andrew Bosworth, Stone Queen, Mark, they all, it was incredible for the leadership to be able to create an environment where one, we have news reporters that were in there listening to us and taking notes, um, but also to have us as creators now stepping into their world and them still being able to create that very welcoming and positive, inclusive environment. Mm -hmm. And I know that that you all and whoever else may be listening would probably be like, of course, he's going to say that. I swear to you, it there was a moment when I was speaking that I felt like I'm absolutely in charge of the flow of this conversation. I had said something to Mark and I was like talking to him specifically. Then I had like pivoted to Andrew Bosworth and was talking to him specifically. And I was like, Oh, by the way, stone, didn't you say something about this? Why don't you tell Mark about that? <laughs> I, I was like, how the, how the fuck do I get in a call with my, and I feel like I'm, but that is the, that is not the testament of me as a communicator. That's yeah. testament to their skill and their prowess of communication and creating that type of um, situation for us experience. So it was incredible. And then now moving into the metaverse, I speak, I was right beside him. It, man, I, I don't know how to really explain the experience. It, it was just wild because it, it absolutely just felt like we were at a, at a real table together having yeah. a conversation. It, it, it's just bizarre. And if that is just a glimpse of what the metaverse will be, I mean, I am really excited to see where it goes next because it, that blew everybody's mind. I remember Max Holloway and I had gotten there first together and we were just talking to shooting the shit with one another. And we were like, dude, this is crazy. We we're like looking at our hands and we were like moving around in the chair and like changing the layout of the room. And it, it, we were just so blown. And afterwards, you know, some of us stayed back and we were just talking because we were so excited. And um, we were just 
so blown away with how real it felt. It, it, it's insane. Cooper, are you looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties right now? I'm not, but I might know somebody who is. CJ, what should they do? Yeah, so look, this is as easy as it gets. You're going to skip on over to buildingappalachia.com because they are going to be able to help you out if you're looking to buy or sell in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties. Those guys at Building Appalachia are great. So you just head over to their website. And then there's literally a link. I'm looking at it right now. It says we buy houses in West Virginia. We sell houses in West Virginia. And you can click the tab, sell a home, buy a home. Easy as that, easy as that. And then you're going to get a call from those guys. They're going to want to come check the place out. They're going to give you a cash offer. So man, if you need cash trying to sell a property, dude, they, they'll have it to you. And, and, and these guys at Building Appalachia, just uh, they've got it figured out. Jordan and Jacob, we had them on the podcast. You heard their story. You know their mission of trying to make West Virginia a better place to live and work. No hidden fees, no commissions. Call Building Appalachia at 304-881-8487 or go to buildingappalachia.com. The link is in our bio and all of our social media. Get connected with them to buy, sell, or invest in real estate in Southern West Virginia. I, I do want to kind of get to this before we you know, close up shop here, but okay. obviously you're clearly a good leader for Facebook gaming and the black gaming creators program, but also for West Virginia, because I think something that we've discussed on this platform is the need to evolve into a more tech driven community in West Virginia and continue to incorporate that. And, in, you know, the aspects of growth for the economy, but you have kind of presented that, although it's not like you're, you're running a 500 member community, but you, you are proving that you can live in West Virginia and have a damn near full 100% tech job, be very successful, yeah. have a huge community, and again, live in South Charleston or, or wherever, you know? So I think that just kind of also shows the, the power of technology and that it is here. You can mm -hmm. live anywhere and do anything if it involves the internet or, you know, a computer and a screen in front of you. And Absolutely. I think that's very cool. I think that's very cool that you have this like fully tech job and Hey, you're living in West Virginia. I mean, that's like kind of, that's a lot of people's dream, honestly. Yeah. And, and I think that it's important to note this too, is because all of this, like what you see this room here, this, this room was built and paid for by my community members. So my salary is entirely upon them, they're, like their gratuitous giving. And I think that I also have a responsibility with that. And that is another thing that um, I think that is important to talk about is because uh, sometimes you may see folks, um, not maybe see folks, but I, I just think it's important to know that like with that type of um, influence to, to have people you know, care about you that much, that intimately that they want to provide you with some type of um, currency yeah. that that's a tremendous responsibility. So for me, what I've, I've kind of been doing in behind the scenes is mental health is so important to me. And it's so important throughout this industry. I think a lot of folks in the gaming industry deal with some mental challenges and, um, and seeing that and being able to recognize that I, I started to pay for people's um, mental health. So I sponsor a certain amount of people per month. I, they, all they have to do is just message me and I am paying for their therapy entirely. Wow. Yeah. And, and, but it still, it is a responsibility because they're giving to me, it's important to give back 
It's important to, you know, hold one another accountable. It's important to be out here moving the right ways because again, my finances are built upon their giving. So I need to give back tangibly and not just in a way that it's just like, well, I'm just going to give to this charity, just donate money. That's me giving back. No, it's like, I, I think that's important to assess the needs of the community and of the industry and then to give back in that way. I think that's the most, um, the tangible way that you can go forward. And then, however, also, I feel like it's also very important to give back to the community. And, and that's why I have um, worked on, you know, this charity event that I am doing with Mountaineer Food Bank. Um, and I have worked with them to try and generate enough revenue for 100,000 meals to be dispersed around West Virginia. So wow. with all of um, the money that kind of comes in and the excitement of, of living, you know, wherever I want to do or wherever I want to be and things of that nature, I think it's important just to know that that revenue that's generated and that lifestyle that's generated has responsibilities and that you should also be giving back and not in just a superficial way, but with real meaning. Real tangible ways. That's amazing, mm-hmm. man. We had Chad Morrison on for the Mountaineer Food Bank a couple, like yeah. what last year, CJ. Yeah, um, it was like uh, January of, yeah, I think 2021. But for okay. anybody that's listening, we'll have a, a, a link in the bio in the description of this for, you know, it, you can donate as a part of your partner yeah, how long how long is that going for how long is that going for michael oh until the end of the month until the end of the month okay mm-hmm. cool so we got a full oh. two weeks okay yeah, yeah. awesome man Good well look deal. i mean dude i love it i love everything about it we'll do a quick little uh we'll do a quick uh what you call fast round pepperoni rolls underrated overrated <laughs> um oh my gosh that took me by surprise <laughs> uh i say oh my gosh underrated underrated one word what's it mean to be appalachian huh. oh my gosh one, one word mm-hmm. that's tough i know wow oh my god that's so tough what's your word uh <laughs> perseverance yeah. i would say perseverance that's not really that's like a, <laughs> that, that's a general trait but it's tough maybe maybe a sentence a sentence if you will okay a sentence um can I, no, how, yeah, I'll say community centric because I think that that is something that's something that any of our families can actually reference in, in pieces of their lives is the power of community in these small rural towns, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely think community centric. Look at that, he still got it. One word that's a hyphenated word right there. So, boom, yeah, that's the test. I it. love it, man. Well, on either online communities or in person communities, uh, you certainly uh, are a key figure in there, Michael. So, we definitely appreciate the, all the work you do on behalf of West Virginia for it's really for just on behalf of all of us. Looks like you're doing amazing, great things, man. So, my dog is barking that signal at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's our closing bell. And uh, we, we thanks, uh, thanks again, man, for jumping on Mountain Media. Absolutely. No, thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate you guys. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Michael, thanks again for jumping on. We really enjoyed talking about your story of how you became a full-time streamer and kind of took that risk. You made that jump of giving up what could have been in some past careers just to see what could happen with the streaming thing. And it has turned out to be anything better than I think you could have even thought imaginable when you first started. So there is a learning lesson in there and it's take a risk every now and then because you just never know where you might end up on the other side. 
to everybody else that's still listening, thank you as always for supporting us and tuning in. Our store is open. We've got some good stuff. Now that we're into this 2022 season, we've got great hats and shirts and hoodies, so go check that out. And thank you to everybody that's involved, not just with the podcast, but Mountaineer Media itself. We've got some incredible bloggers over at MountaineerMedia.org. Jessica Riggins, Catherine Allen, Johnny McFadden, Joe Justice, Travis Kale, Sierra Williams, Laura Jackson-Roberts, Rush Bishop, Mackenzie Holdren, and Shannon Stowers, who has an incredible series going on right now off the beaten path where he's going to take you to some of the more unknown parts of West Virginia and give you some things to do in these places unknown, these off the beaten path parts of the Mountain State. So make sure to go check that out. That is an ongoing blog each month at mountaineermedia.org. Thank you as always to my co-host Cooper Simmerman and our producer and engineer Mason Jack. You guys make this happen along with me. Of course, I do my part, but we are uh, just having a blast doing this Mountaineer Media um, you know, endeavor, this campaign. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. We've got a couple of new partners that are going to jump on board and we've got this new, okay, I'll just tell you, it's the Escape to West Virginia campaign. We're going to be rolling it out here very, very soon, but it's going to involve maybe a couple discount codes, Uh, some Airbnb discount codes or travel discount codes to allow you to explore parts of West Virginia that maybe you haven't been to before. So that is going to be rolling out here soon. That is a big project that we've been working on and we are excited to share it because for as much as we talk about West Virginia, well, let's bring people to West Virginia or at least give people in West Virginia an avenue to explore parts that they haven't been to before. So that is going to be rolled out here within the next couple of weeks. So make sure to stay tuned with that. But as always, if you have any guest recommendations, please send them along on social media or our email, mountaineermediapodcast at gmail.com. We try and respond to everybody or at least let you know if we can get those people on and when we can get them on. So make sure to shoot us a note. Or if you just want to say hello, yeah, we like that too. So thank you guys as always, and we'll be back again soon. Peace.